The following sermon is by Stephen Tillis, pastor of Emanuel Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Please visit us at 2100 Noble Road in Raleigh or on the web at ebcraleigh.com. And now, here's Pastor Steve. 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. Let's pick up reading in verse number 23 and we'll read down to verse number 32. Verse number 23, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which He was betrayed took bread. And when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, Take, eat, this is My body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of Me. In the same manner, He took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in My blood. This do as often as you drink it, in remembrance of Me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till He comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. Would you join me in a word of prayer this morning? Our good Father, we do come to You now and thank You so much for the opportunity to be in Your house today to celebrate the Lord's Supper together as we think of the broken body and the blood of the Lord Jesus, the death, the burial, the resurrection. And Father, we do this in light not only of looking to the past at the cross, but we look to the future coming of Jesus Christ and the fact that Your Son has birthed a new day into our society and world whereby Christ becomes the King of those sinners who believe and trust in Him. And we anticipate the day in which You will come again and make all things right. We love You and we thank You. Father, thank You so much for the good music and all of those involved in that today. I pray now in the next few minutes that it would be a time of learning, time of growing and reflecting. And then, dear Lord, we pray for those that are here today that do not know You as the Lord and Savior of their life, that they would be convicted of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, and that You would save them before it is everlastingly too late. We pray for the Christian that has worked all week and tried the best they could to serve You, and they are weary and tired. We pray that You would encourage them and fill them with the Holy Spirit. We pray for those Christians who may have strayed some and walked a little bit far from the path of Jesus, that there would be some gentle encouragement and conviction there to stand our ground and to live this week for the Lord Jesus. We will love you and bless you, for it is in the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I must share with you that uh, if the sermon is just a little bit short today, it's probably because I am using a pew Bible, all right? If anybody finds a black leatherback uh, Bible somewhere in the church, it probably belongs to me. And I think there is a conspiracy out because I taught Sunday school for David Lee this morning. And I told them when I started, I said, well, I've got some things to do. And so I'm sure this will be a little bit of a shorter lesson. And I taught all the way up to the bell. 
And somebody in the class said, so much for a shorter lesson. <laughs> I set my Bible down. I walked back downstairs. I come in here. And then for a moment I realize, I need my Bible. Oh, I'll just go back up to Sunday school. I go back up to the Sunday school class and somebody has moved my Bible. I know now what they're trying to do. Well, if we couldn't get him to teach a short Sunday school lesson, the sermon shall be short today. No, we'll look at this text. I just want to point out to you 27 points from the text today. And uh, <laughs> my, my brothers, I am a preacher. I will speak for as long as I know. I'm just kidding with you. Anybody ever said to uh, your son or daughter or to a child, uh, because I said so? I've got a bunch of amens now, right? When I was a kid, I was one of those goober kind of kids. I always asked why, why this, why that, why, why, why. And you know what? You know why a parent always says something like, because I said so? Whenever a child asks a good question and they stump mom or dad, the, the, the go-to answer, right, is because I said so. When we come to a text like this and we come to the Lord's Supper, and some of you that are visiting with us today is that, my goodness, they got, uh, we got drinks down here, we got some bread. What is all of this about? And even many of us that are familiar, you've grown up in church all our life, we say, why do we do the Lord's Supper? Why do we take this? Is it just a mere tradition? Is this the way that we do it? And you just say, because I said so? Is that what the pastor has always told you? I mean, what, what is the meaning behind the Lord's Supper? I'm reminded of that uh, story of the little Protestant boy who had a uh, little Catholic boy as a friend. And uh, Protestant kids said, hey, come to church with me this Sunday. And uh, the Catholic boy, he had never been to a Protestant church in his life. And so they're sitting there in the service and, and uh, the Catholic boy keeps leaning over to his friend and whispering and says, says, uh, well, why, why is he doing that? What does that mean? What does that mean? And, uh, and you know, so you give him the answer. Well, what is that offering thing? What are they doing that for? What are they doing this for? And finally, the preacher got up to preach and he took his watch off and he put it right here on the pulpit. And the Catholic kid leaned over and he said, well, why did he do that? Or what does that mean? And the Protestant kid said, it doesn't mean a thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> let me explain something to you. The Lord's Supper has great meaning. And great power. And so I just want to point out to you today just a few points from the Scripture and answer those questions of why we do this and what does it mean. So first of all, here's, uh, here's just some, maybe some bulletin points you can write down in your, in your bulletin there. Uh, here's why we do the Lord's Supper. Here's the first point. It is obedience to the direct command of the Lord Jesus Christ. We take the Lord's Supper because it is a direct, obedient act to the Lord Jesus Christ. Look back, if you will, at verse number 23. For I received, the Apostle Paul says here, for I received from the Lord that which also I deliver to you. That on the night, you see, when the Lord Jesus is there uh, in uh, about to go to the Garden of Gethsemane and He is with His brothers, He's with the disciples in the upper room and they are taking the Lord's Supper there together. It is the night before He goes to the death. He gives the Lord's Supper as a commandment to His disciples. They in turn hand that over to the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul hands that down to the church at Corinth and then so on and so forth. And all the way down through time, it has become a direct command from the Lord. Lord Jesus Christ, that we keep and observe the Lord's Supper. 
I want to remind you that all of the commands in the Bible are for us to keep and obey and in grace and through Jesus and by way of the Holy Spirit, we are to be helped along to be obedient to God and His Word. But these are two direct commands that come straight from the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ that we are to keep the Lord's Supper as a church, as a body of Christ, as a way to remember what the Lord has done for us. And so when we take the Lord's Supper, we are being obedient to Jesus. Now we don't, uh, we don't say, make fun of uh, other denominations. We don't speak ill of other people. But the reason why this church and the reason why we as evangelicals celebrate only two sacraments is the Lord's Supper and baptism. We say, what is it that Emmanuel Baptist Church, what are the sacraments of this church? Only two, the Lord's Supper and the baptism. And the reason why is an ordinance or a sacrament is that which comes by direct command from the Lord Jesus Himself. And the only two direct commands to the church that come to us by way of ordinance or sacrifice is this, the taking of the Lord's Supper. And on Matthew chapter number 28, verse 18 to 20, Jesus says, go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so as a local church, when we come together, very first and foremost, the reason why we celebrate the Lord's Supper is to be obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? I want to say to all of our believers that are in here this morning, every member of this church that claims Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it is important for you to be here on a day like today. Now, I know we have many people that are sick. In fact, my wife is even sick today. We have lots of folks that are out sick. But I want to say every opportunity that you can to observe the Lord's Supper with a local church, you ought to take advantage of that and celebrate within the bonds of the local church underneath the eldership of the church and be obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. And one of the things that your church here as the elders and the leaders that we're beginning to change is, I think our bylaws say that we can uh, that we can take the Lord's Supper at least four times a year. And, and currently we take it once a quarter and we take it on Good Friday. But we're going to begin to change that moving forward this year and try and take that maybe more in the uh, terms of every other month together. And this is a beautiful and a wonderful picture and illustration of what Jesus has done for us. And as a church body, don't you think that we ought to be obedient to the command of the Lord Jesus just a little bit more than four times a year? Amen? Let's be obedient today. And you know what? When you leave here today, you can say as a believer, I was obedient to the command of Jesus today. And I will get up tomorrow and I will be obedient to the commands of the Lord Jesus Christ everywhere else in Scripture and for how I'm supposed to live my life with my neighbor, with my friends, with my coworker, with my family. We will be obedient to Jesus. Here's a second reason why we take the Lord's Supper. Look back down at the text, if you will. For I received from the Lord that which also was delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which He was betrayed took the bread, and when He had taken it and given thanks, He broke it, and He said, Take, eat, this is My body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The second reason why we take the Lord's Supper is simply because it's repeated twice in this text that when we take the Lord's Supper, we remember what Jesus has done for us. 
And the word here for remember doesn't just simply mean some sort of passing memory or just some sort of picture that's been taken in the past. This is not a photo album that you get out and you look at and remember good times. The word here actually means to remember by reenactment. To remember by reenactment. So why is that important? That's the reason why we have the bread. That's the reason why we pass that out. That's the reason why when you put that into your mouth, there ought to be a remembering of the broken body of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, in that verse, you'll find that fourfold formula that the Lord Jesus gave that He took the bread and He blessed the bread and He broke the bread and He gave the bread. In fact, in that word, the the word there when it says to give thanksgiving is the Greek word Eucharist. And so we think about Um, the Lord's Supper in several names. The Lord's Supper or communion or the Eucharist. This is what we do. It is giving thanks in remembrance and an active remembering of what Jesus has done on the cross and in the grave and through His resurrection. For all of us today, we are to remember by placing ourselves at the foot of Calvary once more and remembering what Jesus has done. So I want to encourage all believers that are here today. It might have been, uh, it might have been 20 or 30 or 40 years ago in which you came to the place where you put your faith in Jesus Christ, but you never grow beyond the gospel. You never grow around it. You don't leave it in the past. And in fact, if you have, you should dust it off today and you should bring it to the forefront of your mind. And when you put the bread on your tongue and when it dissolves and goes down into your body and when you take that grape juice in, you should take your mind and your heart back to the cross of Calvary, see the sacrifice of Jesus, then fast forward to the day of your salvation when you realize that you are a hopeless and a helpless, wicked sinner under the judgment and the wrath of a holy God, and you looked to Calvary and saw the mercy of Jesus, that He died for you, and you gave Him your heart and life. That's what it means to take the Lord's Supper, to remember what Jesus has done. My dear friend, if you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, right now in your mind, you cannot go to Calvary. You cannot go back to a time and a place in your life where you said, I was lost. I was undone. I was a sinner. As our brother read in broken heart with broken uh, uh, tears coming from his eyes that we were wicked and unjust and Jesus died. If you don't have a place and a time in your life, or you know that you came to faith in Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you to put your faith in Him and make this the day of remembrance. How sweet it would be if there would be somebody in this room today who does not know Jesus. And years from now, you would look back on this date at this time and say, you know what? Right here and now, I believed on Jesus. And I took of the Lord's Supper because I believed of what He had done for me. We take the Lord's Supper, why? Out of obedience to the Lord Jesus. We take it to remember what the Lord has done for us. And we thirdly, we take it to commune with the Lord Jesus Christ. That there is this intimate kind of fellowship that goes on with the Lord. That there is a communion that goes on between us and the Lord Jesus Christ. 
There are some groups of believers in the world, and when they come to take the elements of the Lord's Supper, they here you can impress your friends tomorrow at work. They use a word which would be sacerdotal, sacerdotal. All right, and uh, just simply means they believe that when they take the bread and the wine, that that is actually becoming the body of Jesus inside of them, and that it becomes that sacerdotal formula. And we would say here today, we believe that that's errant and wrong. That is not a right way to look at the Lord. Supper. However, there are many Baptists and many evangelicals that go so far in the opposite direction that they end up believing in something called memorialism or mere memorialism. And what they say is there's no real presence. There's nothing really happening here. All we're doing is simply giving a picture of something that happened a long time ago. What we want to say as believers here is, no, this is not actually becoming the physical body of Jesus. No, the physical body of Jesus went to the uh, cross, it went through the grave, it came alive in the resurrection, He ascended into heaven, and the living reigning Savior of all the world is bodily whole on the right hand of God the Father. He is not coming down and dying again. We are being lifted up to see the Lord Jesus. Amen? But I want to say, don't go errant on the other end. This is not mere memorialism. And I fear sometimes that there are people, even in our church, that you, you are humdrum, and you, you know, when we take the Lord's Supper, it's just you're halfway asleep, and all this is a day where it's going to go a little long, and all of these kind of things, because in your mind, you've checked out, because you don't think something real and tangible is happening right now. But I want you to know that when these dear men stand up, and we give out the elements, and you take that cracker, Christ is in this room. He is real, He is present, and He cares about what you're doing. And when you put that bread on your tongue, Jesus said, eat my flesh and drink my blood. And it is a moment in time where you are allowed to celebrate with the Lord Jesus and there should be a communion and a nearness and a fellowship between you and your Savior. And if you are not close to Him in communion, I doubt seriously you're close to Him during the week. This is not mere memorialism. This is the real presence of Jesus. You say, man, this is an odd service today. Uh, we got, man, beautiful music and new people. Always, all this is great. And what's going on with all the dudes in the suits down front, right? Hey, listen. I don't wear suits every week. I don't wear a suit every week. But I, I think I, I commend the deacons of our church. I, I see what's going on here. These men are saying, hey, listen, we're servants of the congregation and what's down here in front of everybody, this is vitally important. And we're going to take this very seriously because Christ is here today. So, what's a, what's a fourth point? Well, from the text it says this, do this in remembrance of me. And every time you do this, you do proclaim the death of the Lord Jesus till He comes. Why do we do the Lord's Supper? We obey the Lord in doing this. We remember the cross of Calvary when we do this. We are communing with the Lord when we do this. And every time we take the Lord's Supper, we proclaim the death and the burial and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the Gospel in a nutshell. Amen? 
That's what this is. And don't ever feel like you can take the Lord's Supper without the proclamation of the Word. In fact, the Lord's Supper is always to go in tandem with the preaching of God's Word. It is the verbal communication of what Jesus has done for us. It is the visual illustration to all of the people here today of what Christ has done. When the bread breaks beneath your teeth, we think of the broken body of Jesus. When the liquid goes down your throat, we think about the spilled blood upon the cross. Jesus hanging suspended between heaven and earth, dying for the sins of those who would believe. This is the Gospel. And if you're here today and you are an unbeliever, you are in luck. Not only is some loudmouth preacher telling you a wonderful message of forgiveness and repentance and grace and that God loves you and Jesus died for you. In a few moments, we'll sing songs together and you will watch all of these people who have come to a place in their life that they really realized they were deep, dark sinners and Christ died. And when we take this Lord's Supper, you are watching people who believe what Jesus did for them. So a few more points and we'll close and have the Lord's Supper. We do the Lord's Supper to be obedient. We do the Lord's Supper to remember what the Lord has done for us. We take the Lord's Supper here so that we commune, that we're close with Jesus. And by taking the Lord's Supper, we visually proclaim to the world. But can I say this for a congregation? We do this as fellowship in the context of this passage. You can read it when you get home. This, this church was kind of a sorry church. And lest you feel like I'm being hard on them, Paul said almost as much of that to them. You need to get right with you. You know what these sorry people were doing? All the rich people were showing up and having a big feast and all the poor people had no food to eat. And Paul said, stop having dinner on the grounds. Stop it. It's in the Greek, okay? You know why? Because all the rich people were eating together and all the poor people were on the outside and had nothing. And the Apostle Paul said, that's not the way it should be with God's people. We come together rich and poor, black and white. It does not matter where you are or who you are or where you come from. What matters is we come together as the community of God around Jesus Christ. I want to tell you, if you have resentment and bitterness and frustration in your heart against anybody else in this congregation, don't take the Lord's Supper today. Go make it right with them and then come back and take it. We are unified and we love the Lord and we love each other. And if we can't live like that, then we are not modeling the Gospel for the world. Not only do we have fellowship, but let me give you a couple of other things in that text. We should also, part of the reason why we take the Lord's Supper is discernment. Discernment. You see there in your text where it says, lest you drink or eat or drink unworthily. You know, years ago I was pastoring a small church near the base of Signal Mountain in Tennessee, and I had a fellow that would never take the Lord's Supper. He was a wonderful believer, loved Jesus, deacon in the church. He would never take the Lord's Supper. And the reason why is somebody had bashed him over the head with this text and not fully explained it to him. And he said to me, he said, Pastor Steve, I could never be worthy to take it. I could never be worthy. And the only thing I could think to do, eventually I said, you're right. You're right. There's no one in this room today that is worthy to take of the bread and of the drink. 
And the text is not telling you that you have to go out and be a better person and a good person and do this and do that and try and live the best you can. The text is pointing you to this. You must discern, are you in Christ or out of Christ? Because the only worthy person in all the world to come to the table is Jesus Christ Himself. And the only way you'll ever be worthy to take the elements is if you are in Jesus. If you are here today and you don't have Christ as your Savior, you're not in Christ, and you come to the table on your own, with your own effort, and in your own merit, you will not be received, and in fact, you you eat and drink damnation to yourself. Discern today, am I in Christ or am I out of Christ? Am I a believer on the Lord or am I not a believer in the Lord? And don't fake because you can't fake out God. There are people in this room today that have been members of a church. You've been baptized in people's waters. You've done all kinds of things all your life. But you know that you do not have an ongoing interactive relationship with Jesus Christ. Daily, you're lost. And I hate to be the one to bear that bad news to you, but just as we were studying in Sunday school, Jesus Himself said, many will say to Me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in Your name and in Your name done many wonderful works? And Jesus will say to them, depart from Me, I never knew you. I'm not trying to scare anybody here that has genuine faith in Christ. What I am trying to do is shake some people out of your fake lethargy, out of your fake belief, out of your fake profession, and understand that if you do not have a saving knowledge of Jesus, whereby He has changed your life from the inside out, you are lost. And the only hope you have is to turn to Jesus Christ. Fellowship and discernment. Are you in Christ? Or are you alone today? And when the elements pass by you, if you are alone and outside of Jesus, do not take the supper. But if you are in Christ, then you take the bread and you take the drink and you understand that your worthiness comes only from the worthiness of Jesus. Not only discernment, but these last two are important for us today. Examination. We take the Lord's Supper to examine ourselves. Isn't that what the text would teach down here? That if we judged ourselves, then we would not need to be judged. That there should be a quiet moment in your own life right here as the people of God. Just examine yourselves. And I just want to encourage you, look, not for salvation, not for entry into the kingdom of God, not for being a saved person, but as a believer who is already in Christ and been made worthy by the blood and the work of Jesus, you have lived all week long. I want you to examine your life. Are you walking with Jesus? Are you living for the Lord Jesus? Or do you have unconfessed and unrepentant sin in your life? If you do, right now is the moment in your heart to examine yourself and say, you know what, I need to let go of that. I need to turn from that. I need to forgive that person. I need, I need to understand that that is sin and against God in my life. And I don't want to live in that place right where you are. Examine your heart and say, Lord, I know that I'll never be worthy to get into heaven, but I want to live a life that's conformed to the image of Jesus.
Give yourself fresh and new to Him. And lastly, He says, do this till I come. There should be a sense of anticipation. Every time we take the Lord's Supper, we not only look to the past, we look to the future, brothers and sisters. There's coming a day. Look, not only to the future, but even to the present. And I'll just tell you this and we'll finish. When we take the Lord's Supper in a moment, you remember that you are honoring and celebrating and rejoicing in the work of Jesus on the cross as He died for you. But you remember that there is coming a day when Jesus will return for us. Where Jesus will come back to this world. I'm not going somewhere. I'm going to rule and reign here and now with Jesus. He is already breaking in upon the world through what we are doing in our hearts and in our lives. The new kingdom has already dawned in the life of believers in this room. Something new has happened in you. And we celebrate that now. And if you're here today and you say, you know what? I'm really not sure that there is something new in me. I've been in church, out of church. I've been the gamut of religion. But I'm not sure that I've had a new day in my life where I, as the Bible would say, moved from darkness into light, where scales have fallen. Hey, I'm going to take the Lord's Supper. I got to visit this week with a lady who will soon be 92. 92. And as we were talking... She was so sweet. Man, she just opened up to me and she said, I do believe that Jesus died. I do, I do believe that He rose from the grave, but I feel like there's a veil between me and Christ and His kingdom, and I don't want to die unless I'm ready. And for about 20 to 30 minutes, we got to speak about the Gospel of Jesus. And I told her, admit that you are a sinner Don't worry about 92 years. Don't worry about where you've been. Don't worry about family, friends, embarrassment. Don't worry about none of that because there will come a day when none of that means anything when you stand before Jesus Christ alone. Say, I am a sinner. And Jesus died for me. I believe. I believe with all of my heart. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief with everything that's in me. I quit believing in myself and I pour all of my confidence into Jesus. And confess. For if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. I spoke with that lady even this morning. And there's joy in her heart. And she is trusting the Lord Jesus the best that she knows how. And Christ's mercy is good. Amen? Jesus saves nine-year-olds and seven-year-olds. And Jesus saves 92-year-olds who come to the table broken over sin, believing on Jesus and confessing Him as the Lord of life. I want to encourage you today, if you're a believer, take of the elements. This is why we celebrate Him. And if you're lost, do not take of the elements. Instead, talk with God. Confess to Him sin. And believe on Jesus.
and confess Him before the world and He'll save you. And when we take the Lord's Supper again, you shall take not as an outsider, you shall take as a part of the family of God. Amen? Just bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. In just a minute, our guys will come and we'll sing together and take the Lord's Supper together. Maybe just a quiet spot, if you would, to pray by yourself. Hey, listen, I'm not, I'm not going to call anybody down today. I'm not asking you even to look up or raise a hand or come forward just right where you are. I want you to know God sees you and God knows right where you are. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, talk to Him now. Right now. Don't wait to get home. Don't wait for another time. You know that He's dealing with your soul right now. Believe in Jesus. Trust Christ. In your own words, you talk to Him. Give up trusting yourself. Ask Him to be the Lord of your life. And He will save you. You've been listening to Stephen Tillis, pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Raleigh. For more information and free access to other messages, please visit us at ebcraleigh.com.